Welcome back to another episode of the Burning Veil Podcast. I am your host, Gideon, and I have a special co-host with me to kick off the year. Declassified Dave, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Always excited to talk interesting and weird stuff with, with new folks. I'm glad we're finally able to link up and get something working. Yeah. Yeah, the the past few months in September has been a little bit of a mess. Uh, yeah, with uh, three computers dying on me um, uh, in the middle of a project, uh, my co-host and I unfortunately parting ways. Um, bunch of bunch of wild stuff. I took a break for for Christmas and New Year's as well. In there, I wasn't doing anything, but it's like, all right, this would this would have been a break if I was still doing things. <laughs> so. Uh, how how's how's your weekend going pretty good pretty busy um doing things for the personal self and then doing things as well for the the show my own my own creation um always busy with that but finally had a a little bit of this sounds strange because i live in southern california had had finally had sun since before christmas we've been rained out and and cloudy so forever oh yeah there's sunny here it's not all the time there's there's a lot of flooding going on over there isn't there yeah not so much in my area i'm pretty good i mean my actual like location i'm 300 feet up on like the side of a hill so it's i'm oh yeah you're good being downstream but there's some areas that uh, rose pretty quickly, pretty fast. I, I would say, I think there was one area that's usually just a, a little brook, just, you know, dried out. That's supposed to be a river turns into a river very quickly. And, uh, there were a lot of people who decided to drive in it and have their cars float away. So it was very interesting to watch. Oh yeah. It's amazing <laughs> what happens when the human being goes into panic mode. Yep. Um, but my my personal weekend was uh, kind of boring. Got literally nothing accomplished other than setting this up. So eh, that's a win boring. in my book. It's a lot of fun that's doing a win in research. Book. Oh, yeah, lots of research. Um, found two articles that I want to get into for our 40 in news. Um, this one is uh, a Chicago firefighter reported seeing a red-eye winged humanoid quote batman end quote at o'hare international airport um so apparently he was in the middle of a shift and he's watching a movie and he ran he forgot his charging cord in his car so he ran outside to go grab it as he came back in he said he heard what sounded like a chirping sound followed by the sound of shuffling coming from nearby said he looked around and when he heard the clicking and coming from across the street he said he looked up standing on the edge of the hvac plant that was very was a very tall thin human-like creature with huge wings that spread out the creature was looking directly at him with a pair of large red eyes that had the intensity of a pair of tail lights or one of the lights on the engine it just stood there and looked at me and made this rapid clicking sound. I was in complete shock at what I was seeing and just how large this creature was and how enormous the wings are. They had to be close to 15 feet from tip to tip, and it had to be at least 7 foot in height. Uh, 
The body was thin and its limbs were very thin and long and they looked like they were unable to support such a tall body, but apparently looks can be deceiving. That is wild. I've read this quote recently and uh, yeah, the the clicking is the interesting part because it almost seems like it's something that's using like echolocation, but in the air, not in the water. Yeah. Um, apparently that apparently that chirping and clicking sound has been reported in multiple testimonies and four other testimonies. Uh, one on September 12th in 2017, a woman walking home from work passing by O'Hare National Airport reportedly encountered a, quote, black devil in Chicago's Little Village. On April 13th in 2018, a couple in Milwaukee, Wisconsin reported reportedly encountered a bat-like flying humanoid with large growing red eye, glowing red eyes that clicked and chirped. Uh, September 24th, 2020, a woman reporting, reportedly encountered a seven-foot-tall red-eyed creature that clicked and chirped after leaving work at the Postal Service. Uh, and then April 28th, 2022, a truck driver claimed to have encountered a giant red-eyed man-bat while dropping off equipment at work in Benville, Illinois. Illinois is an interesting spot for these types of sightings. Uh, O'Hare seems to be a a hub as well. Yeah. Um, uh, One of my my friend's dads used to work at O'Hare. I'll have to sit down and talk with him about and see if he knows anything about this. Because I've heard for like eons for years and years and years now that O'Hare National Airport actually has a clause that if you see anything that that's described in this way that's you know like a giant winged humanoid you're not allowed to talk about it like in their paperwork i don't know how true that is but i've heard that from multiple people that basically say we sign a a non-disclosure agreement about this when we're hired on to o'hare national airport that's interesting which would be kind of weird but that would that would make sense to a degree isn't there a nickname for that part of the southern portion of illinois the devil's something i i don't have it i I think so it's very much in native american folklore yeah yeah i don't know it could be the devil's landing strip for all i know i've 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 no idea well there's a lot of There's a lot of energy going on at airports. So, oh, yeah. One of these, it, I mean, it sounds like Mothman to me, but if there is one of these Mothman type creatures from some of the research that, that we've done, is Mothman seems to be <clears throat> ultra terrestrial. It's here and it's not, you know, yeah. or an interdimensional entity. Uh, a lot of people believe that the Mothman is an omen of death or an omen of, of bad things, bad omen. So I would not want to see this at an airport if I have a flight to catch. <laughs> no, no, no. Especially if you're in the plane. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not, exactly. You're taking off and you see this guy just on the on the tower. You're like, oh, God. Or, go. or you're a pilot and you see this guy like run across your 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 nose as you're getting up i would get to altitude and then just turn my behind around 
and land. Like, nope, not today. Sorry, folks. There's going to be a slight delay in departure. Uh, I, I I would blame it on the maintenance people, too, because I'm not going to tell an entire uh, airplane full of people. Yeah, I just saw the Mothman. No, I'm going to like park it and get on the intercom and be like the maintenance guy screwed up and didn't fuel the plane. So we're making them fix that. Yeah, the little white lie just to get back wheels down. <laughs> exactly. This, this one is really interesting too because it's something that I've done a little bit of research on. Is that this guy claims that when he made eye contact with this creature, that it he could only feel impending doom or dread, which is really interesting. With the yeah, story. that's so. kind of interesting. Um. And that's talk talk about the actual original Mothman story. I heard somebody, and now I confirmed this with a friend of mine who's like Mothman aficionado. Um, that would be uh, Ashers from On Wednesdays We Talk Weird. Mm-hmm. I talked with her about it because I heard somewhere I had I was I was actually writing down a Mothman sighting case that somebody was uh, was telling me about, um, and they told me that they. They personally believe that the Mothman was here to hunt injured Colt because he was running away or vice versa. That's an interesting I, one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think, I think it, what it was is that uh, the Mothman was like an escaped prisoner from their plant from injured Colt's planet. And he was sent to track it down and retrieve it. And basically he was playing space, more space marshal. <laughs> But if that's the case, why did he act? Why did he interact with people, and why did he stick around and be nonchalant? And what you know? Why did he? Yeah, that's a story. Interact with somebody. That's a story I'd really like to get more involved with. Oh um, yeah, I mean that that story gets beat to death, unfortunately, in my opinion, because like everybody does. wants to talk about it because it's a big story. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, do you have any a news article you want to get into, or can I move on to this next one? Yeah, go for it, man. All right. So 11 teens were found collapsed at a school in Columbia after using a Ouija board. Creepy. Let that Already creepy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, already. 11 teens ranging, ranging from the age of 13 to 17 were found by teachers after having collapsed in a hallway at... Agricultural Technical Institute of Hatao, Colombia, followed by an incident in which they had reportedly used a Ouija board. Um, this article goes into talking about explaining what a Ouija board is and how to use it. Yeah, let's tell your fan base that. <laughs> Whether or not the teenagers involved in this incident were affected by such forces is up for debate. Skeptics maintain that it is the Itomotor phenomenon that is responsible for the apparent efficiency had had by a Ouija board and that there are no more capable of contacting the dead than any other board game. Oh, good. Yeah, let's summon Grandpa with Monopoly, shall we? <laughs> Sorry, Grandpa. Do don't you, pass go. Do you have any interesting stories personally of using a Ouija board 
using one, no, but I have seen the aftermath and helped exercise a demon from the aftermath of one being used, yes. That's very interesting. Also, another thing, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but do you have you ever played the video game? It was from like I think it was like from the early nineties. And it's called Nightmare. The uh, video it's... board game. No, I haven't. It came I'm, I'm not with old a for that. It came with a, a VHS tape and this thing would like talk to you like through while you're playing a board game. I've got a a link I can send you so you can check it out. Um but it's it's a game that's it's kinda it kinda has like the same feeling as a Ouija board, but you have to set it's like the set and setting. Okay. And I've had friends that have claimed that their lives have never been the same since we played this game as children. Oh my god. <laughs> I know that um, the the one instance, the one case I had where I was involved with anything to do with the Ouija board, because I've always stayed well away from that because I've known better my entire life, um, <laughs> was a, one of my, my friends and mentors with me growing up and then getting into my teenage, He was he's a Catholic priest. Um, and he was an ordained exorcist for the Vatican. Uh, and he would bounce around parish to parish wherever he was needed in the U.S. being an exorcist. And he, but he lived down here in Florida, where where I live. Um, and he kind of showed me the ropes, so to say, because he, what his intentions were, were I want you to leave Protestantism and become a Catholic priest and ordained exorcist with me, and we can run the road and do this for a living because it's really interesting and it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're going to tell a teenager. You're not going to tell him, oh, yeah, by the way, I fight demons for a living. You're not going <laughs> to tell a teenager that, right? You're going to hype it up. So I went with him once uh, to a call where a uh, lady found her son in his bedroom. The bedroom tore apart. She thought he was looking for something, so she joins in looking for whatever he's looking for. And then she realizes that his eyes are solid white and he begins to levitate. So she tries to scramble out of the room, trips over a bed, over his bed, rolls the mattress with her and finds a Ouija board under the covers. So she calls the priest. They send him out and I went with him and it was a mess. It took... I think it was six and a half hours for a Catholic exorcism for that one. Um, and I mean, stuff flying around the room. Uh, I was just thinking, ask, is that a violent process? Oh, oh, absolutely. It can be, it can be at times. Um, see for, for me, I'm, I'm Christian. Uh, I'm Protestant. So our, you know, quote unquote exorcisms are a lot different than the Catholic church. Um, we believe in my denomination that Jesus gave us the, the ability, the power, the authority to, we don't have to have a demon's name. We don't have to, we don't have holy water. We don't have this or that or the other. We, we have the authority basically, you know, we have that authority to basically tell them what to do, to order them around, to command that spirit. So that's kind of where we ended up going was he was he was doing his deal and I got t 
tired of it because this thing was this thing was aiming at me. A lot of its jabs were kind of aimed at me, so I got upset with it. And I walked out of the room. Sorry, I hit my mic. I walked out of the room and we took a break for like 30, 45 minutes. And then when we go back in, this thing's laughing as he's hitting it with holy water. This thing's laughing. So at that point, it's like, okay, done and done. And, you know, I, you know, look at the woman, you know, do you have any cooking oil, any vegetable oil in the house? She's like, yeah, yeah, here. And it hands me a bottle of Crisco. Like, screw it, it'll work. It's oil of some kind because that's mm. uh, it's an anointing thing for oil and just reach over there, smear on the forehead and gave it an order. Close your mouth. I'm tired of hearing you. And it immediately shut up. Like, All right, good. Now that I have your attention, here's a little bit more. You're going to go back where you came from. And it went to open its mouth. What did I tell you? <laughs> that's that's how we get we get assertive with them get very we don't ask what is your name that's that's a catholic thing um that sounds more dramatic it it kind of is theatric it kind of is in a way but i mean the the point of that is i will never knock that because people have faith in that and that's important if they believe that's the only way an exorcism can be performed that's the only way it can be performed That's, it's it's all like, of a where are you at thing. I've never heard I've never heard the differences because I'm I'm not very religious. My my mother is, you know, I come from, she comes from a, a Catholic upbringing, but then she's is you know Protestant. She's Methodist uh, for the last I don't know my whole life. Uh, right. Got got confirmed and kind of just did the teenager thing after that and never really went back. Right. I was never I was interested in I was interested in my own thing all the learning about all the religious stuff now um is more insight for me to see another perspective and a lot of the stuff that i see especially being somebody i guess i'm not an atheist i just i'm very i think i'm getting in touch with spirituality but maybe not the organized religion portion of it okay Uh, but i'm interested in learning the history of all of it so and i have been for quite some time and what you just said is, is interesting. I could be totally wrong because I don't have a deep uh, understanding of both, you know, lines of, of, of that, of the faith that people believe for each. But when you said that in the Protestant religion, you're, you have the ability already. It's like a birthright. You're a part of it. You don't need well, something. You don't need a medium. It's, no, no. Okay. So, it's, Yes, you don't need a medium or, or a go-between or anything like that, but it's not a birthright. It's more of when, for, for us, when you accept Christ as your Savior, that washes you clean of your, your wrongdoing, your sin, and that then grafts you into the bloodline. You're, you're his child. You're his, his, his okay. son, his daughter. Okay. And thus being a, a child of the king, you're given that, that ability. Okay, um, so it's earned. Yes, in a way, it's it's a given, way. but it's okay. You're you're my child. You're doing my work. You need my tools. Here they are. Okay, so it's so, essentially uh, instead of instead of using that medium, your choice of your faith and and you believing in in that becomes that I guess trans medium of you being able to 
get rid of some type of demonic entity yeah in a way um it can be seen that way yes but uh there's a scripture i'll have to find it if i can for you um that basically says that to us as as children of god as the sons and daughters of god uh demonic spirits are like like flies underfoot and in the ground we we have the right to talk to them like dogs is is another verse that's used uh when talking about dealing with them and it's Basically, we we have a joke uh, in our church that basically our form of exorcism isn't what is your name? It's shut up, come out. And that's mm-hmm. all you need. Um, if, if your faith is in, you know, the, the Catholicistic style of exorcism where it's what is your name? Where's holy water? You know, that's that's your faith. I will never, never persecute another for their faith. And I will never tell you you're wrong because that's where your understanding what you've been taught your your life this is what you believe so that is that is that um and i i wouldn't want someone telling me i'm wrong when i know what i believe and i've read it for myself so i refuse to do that for another yeah no i completely agree on that i'm just trying to i'm trying to think of it from the outside perspective of one way and then another way because there's two ways to fix problems or there's three ways to fix problems or four or five or infinite ways to fix a certain problem. And if that type of demonic entity inside, everybody has their own way. It's you're, you're grafting power from the same starting point. Essentially it's your, the faith. So it's right. It's, it's really interesting. Mike and I have a very interesting viewpoint of demonic entities. We're more on the, the reptilian (laughs) part of it where it's them coming through and hijacking your body so i don't know if that's just because we're on the i guess on the outside perspective of things well we're we like the there there are different there are very many different monastic books and what's considered non-canon books and one that i definitely recommend if you can find reading it and it talks about angels and demons specifically is the book of enoch or Enoch, yep. um, because it states that, and I believe Revelation states it as well in, in the Bible, that when God cast Satan down to hell, one-third part of the angel went with him, and that one-third part of the angel that went and followed Lucifer is what we have as demons now. So wow. they're they're corrupted angels, basically. Corrupted by their own choice. Which would make sense. It's it's yeah, all interesting. So, that that one I'm 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 a little bit more familiar with. Uh, I I don't think reptilian would technically be right, but that's just my personal opinion. I think that they I think that when you're looking into the different into the spiritual realm, when you can see these things, it's more of they you see something that your mind can understand without breaking. Mm-hmm. Because I've had. I've I've asked God and he's shown me a few different times in my life the the what would be considered a demonic entity. Um I I told a story about that on my first episode of the podcast. Uh basically to sum it up, I was at youth camp and there's this like this little this little like eleven year old girl, maybe ten or eleven year old girl, she was itty bitty tiny little thing. And she was in fact demon possessed. And she come up to the front 
uh, of her own free will, and this entity attached to her did not like it. So it started to lash out. There was one of my friends, and he was a counselor there. He weighed probably about 450 or so. Big guy, really big guy. Um, she threw him off of her with zero effort whatsoever and hurt him very badly. I'm talking two, three, four hundred feet. Just air yeeted him like the conjuring. <laughs> Just whoosh and gone. Um, and I, I I was a kid at that point. I was barely, I think I was 11 or 12 uh, at that point. And I remember praying and asking for understanding for what's going on. And when I opened my eyes, I looked and instead of that little girl was an entire other being. Uh, have you ever seen the show uh, Smallville? That's interesting. Have you ever seen the the movie Small the the TV show Smallville, Dave? Yes. Yeah, portions of it. So, do you remember Doomsday from from that show? I don't. I if I'm being honest, it's been okay. A while. So, let's see here. So, basically, um, I definitely recommend you go and look that up uh, I'm going to send you something here Dave uh, basically I'm going to send you a picture and uh, you can look at it but this is what this thing looked like to me when I opened my eyes um, it looked like Doomsday from Smallville but I think that's because that's what my mind could comprehend at the time um and it it was an ordeal for me. It was a really big thing for me. Um, That's an interesting looking creature. Uh, absolutely, it pitch black, dark as night, eyes red as red as could be. Um, and I remember there was another one of my friends that I've I nicknamed him Sabretooth. Uh, his name's Ken. He's a very very large man. He's like six five or so. He's a really big biker guy. He's a Big old teddy bear. Uh, tattoos covered head to toe. So he's a really big guy. He's a real buff guy. And he stepped in front of this thing and reached out and grabbed it. And it started squirming and fighting with him. And it started, it looked like it was visibly in pain. Um, and after, after he grabbed a hold of it, he started laughing at it. He just started laughing this thing down. And it started to slowly but surely crumple to its knees and when it got to its knees he lifted its head and put his hand on the side of its face lifting its head and told it go back where you belong you're no longer welcome here and when i blinked the little girl was there she was just passed out on the floor crumpled it was That's... it was a it was a wild experience yeah i can only imagine it was it was a wild experience, and that was my first real experience with God. And ever since then, I've never looked back, but I've always wanted to know more. It's very interesting for me, um, especially hearing stuff like that, and then knowing that people have actually had these experiences. You know, you're physically 
not only physically there, but you're, you're visually there and all your senses know that this is happening. It's not a dream state. It's not a hallucination. Yeah. It's, 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 it's wild. It is something that you'll never truly be prepared for until it happens. And then you might not even be prepared for it. Uh, exactly. I mean, it's at, at, that at that point, there's an overwhelming swell of emotions that you don't know whether to stay, run, fight, or just do nothing. You have no yep. idea. But the really important thing uh, that we teach with our church, especially and our denomination, is that if something like that's going on, the first thing we usually say is that there's there's going to be some heavy stuff going on if your life's not right with god leave the room kids leave the room because it will try to attach itself to someone else and that that has happened before unfortunately um and that's that's one of the big things that we teach is you know especially kids they're they're not going to know what's going on so let's let's get them out of the room uh people who they're they're you know they don't have their how do i say this without sounding judgmental or mean their 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 life's not right with god or they're they're on the fence take a step out because this is going to this this could attach itself yeah i guess i guess the the true ob- oblivious to the situation maybe just not you know not uh, not intentionally oblivious but obviously the innocence of a kid yeah, you know, their mind is not built to see things like that. Things like they're, that. They're not going to understand. Things, they're not going to understand. The big thing for us is they're not going to understand what's going on. And there's the very massive possibility of that child then becoming afraid. And yeah. that fear opening a door for it to attach itself. Which fear is a big energy for. Correct. No matter what you believe it is or could be, fear is a big energy of things leeching and, and latching onto Correct. the human the human and energy. I I that four hundred and fifty pound man, he he wasn't quite where he he wasn't quite right, if you know what I mean. And uh he went from four hundred and fifty pounds to he currently weighs hundred and two pounds. Damn. Because and that was that was in within a six month period that he lost that weight. It's miraculous that he's still alive. It it That's very much is weight. It very much is. He dropped all of that weight, but something attached itself. Yeah, that's not that's not that's not just cigarettes and water. <laughs> no, that's no. <laughs> that's that's not even liposuction worthy. That's just too no. much it's dangerous strange stuff yeah we, we talked to some folks that have talked about the danger of maybe not even in the religious sense but of the, the magic sense of them doing things which it ties into that as well for for a lot of people uh is is doing these things and i guess this ouija board itself oh, yeah. could be a medium of that just making a circle a ritualistic circle we have some some people that we work shows with here and there that have actually physically put themselves in the hospital doing things like that. Oh yeah. And it's, it's, it's not something to play with. It's very interesting stuff. Yeah. Don't just go, uh, 
don't just go willy nilly with a Ouija board. Because <laughs> if this no. happened to eleven little kids that just passed out, uh, yeah. But that's the thing. Does it have to be like like the the hardwood, super rare, weird? You found it in a floorboard Ouija board, like no. the Jumanji game, or does it? Or can it be Milton Bradley? Like, does it matter? You can you can write letters on a piece of paper. It's it's uh, not the 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 game or the board itself. It's more of what you're trying to do. So it's the ritual. Um, yes, and it's not only just that. Sometimes it's the place that you're doing it in, mm. um, mm-hmm. like a graveyard. Never a good idea. I mean, it's Probably never not. a good idea to touch one. Period. I mean, uh, I found one cleaning a house out one time, uh, cleaning out a rental property for a rental company, and I found one. And I took it out in the backyard and I set it on fire, and it wouldn't burn. That's. That's it wild. wouldn't it wouldn't at all. I mean, it was fully on fire, smoke rising, but it wouldn't burn. So I went and got some kitchen some cooking oil out of the kitchen and started dousing it in, in, in oil. And it started to burn. And I was I was standing there, I was thinking, you know, why is this thing not burning? And the only thing that refused to burn was the planchette still after that. Excuse me. So I took the planchette and I buried it. I, I, there was a little creek that ran behind it. And it was in a little subdivision. I hopped the fence, dug a hole in the middle of the, the, the creek and stuck it in there. And then covered people it back that up. live downstream. <laughs> I just, I just buried the planchette. The, the board burned, but the planchette never did. So I buried that thing and I, I said a blessing over it and basically rebuked the spirits that are, that were behind that. And when I hopped the fence and got back into the yard, the door slammed on its own. Closed, Creepy. slammed closed. It was a sliding glass door. It slammed closed. And I remember my first reaction was, oh, you're upset. Good. Be very, very, very upset. I don't care how upset you want to be. I'm cleaning this house out and then I'm leaving. You have no right to be here. Whether I'm here or not, you've got no right to be here. Move about your way. Be gone with you. Shoot. I didn't get bothered the rest of the time I was there. But when I was locking the door up to leave, I was about to pull the door, and I I was maybe two foot from the handle, reaching for the handle, and the door slam. All right, cool. Where's the keys to this place? I have some oil. You're very open to it, so... Yeah, you can, I, I, you can handle it. I'm not afraid of it. That's the yeah. that's the very big key. I am not afraid of it because I know what it is. I know exactly what it is, where it comes from, and what it wants. It wants to cause as much chaos, death, and destruction as possible. That is their sole goal in life. And... It's bizarre stuff man it's it, it, i think it our is, reality is is a uh, far more complicated than it is what people are, is. are willing to accept it is um it's absolutely wild um i had a friend who was an atheist until i took him into a house that that there was something going on i took him in there and i told him you're gonna see some things that you're not gonna understand 
And sure enough, he saw some things he did not understand. He walked out of that house. I closed the door behind him and I said, so what'd you think? He said, I think, I think, uh, I think we need to go to a church. Man who's never set foot at a church in his entire life. He's like, I think I want to go to church. Like, All right, let's go right here, right now. We'll find somewhere. Let's go. And it put him at ease. And he's, he's now, he's Lutheran, I believe is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like Catholic light. Catholic but... light. <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> Catholic with aspartame. <laughs> no, no, it, no, it's a little worse than that. The, the joke that I make, and please hear me out, it's only a joke. Lutheran is Catholic light. Uh, half the sins, double the guilt. <laughs> uh, Methodists to, are just drinking Baptists. I can see that. Um, yeah, it's. It, I have a handful of jokes growing up in church that that are just like, oh my gosh. Uh, so, but I, I, I've, I've seen a few instances. I've interacted with them. Um, I actually did an entire episode with my my co -host, my former co host Chris. Uh, we did an episode about the strange, strange, creepy Mississippi. And we got off on a rabbit hole talking about the devil making deals with you. That's something that we've talked about. Uh, it's wild. with the 27 club with certain uh, folks making deals with oh, yeah. the devil to, to get fame. But, but that's the trade-off is that the 27th year of life, you die somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the really funny things is uh, my father. Uh, the devil tried to make him a deal when he was young. Um, he said he was listening to the radio. He's listening to Hank Williams Jr., mine and his favorite artist, and um, he was singing. And he said uh, he said he just heard not an audible voice, but just deep down, I can make you sing. I can make you famous like that. I can make you sing like that. And by this point, my, my father was in church, and he, he recognized it for what it is, the devil trying to make a deal. And he said, no, I, think I, I don't think I want to be famous for singing country music. I think I'd rather be famous for singing gospel music. And the devil told him, I can do that too. Hmm. That's, that's a punch in the gut for a lot of people. Think about that. Offered to make him a famous country musician. He said, no, I'd rather be a gospel musician. And the devil told him, I can do that too. Well, if it's all deceiving, mm -hmm. then it doesn't it's, matter what you want. It can happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's That was the point. Uh, the, the moral of the story that I got there was not everybody's real and not everybody's fake. Yep. Yeah, it, it's a deep subject. I mean, you could do, you could do an entire year of episodes if you really wanted to about. I'm sure you could. Delving, yeah, delving definitely. down definitely. those holes. Now, now that we've gone on a 40 minute tangent, yeah, uh, because of our news, uh, let's get into the actual story that we have for tonight. <laughs> the actual subject of the episode. Uh, we are going to talk about the infield Illinois horror. So uh, what what did you come up with this one as far as uh, believability? 
you know, on, on a scale of one to 10, how believable would you say it is at the start uh, of the episode? With all the cryptids that I've looked into and this one being reminiscent to a few that I've looked into, I'm just going to go with a five because a lot of these things that people talk about with these types of cryptids happened in the 60s, 70s. Uh, there could have been a lot of discrepancies with what people were seeing, the culture and what people perceived as science fiction or even just reality was a lot different during this time, even right. though it wasn't that long ago. So for right now, I'm going to say these people could be totally, totally accurate and not saying that they're crazy or they could be totally just saw something that they just didn't understand and misinterpreted. So I'm going to go middle of the road with this one. Okay. I, I can respect that. Me personally, I'm going to say after the research I've done and the show notes I've gathered and what I, the topics I have for this, I'm going to say about a three out of 10 for okay. believability. That's fair. Uh, so the description of the infield horror is that it had three legs on it, a short body, two little short arms coming out of its breast or torso, two pink eyes as big as flashlights. It stood four and a half feet tall and was grayish colored, and it was trying to get into the house. That is a direct quote from uh, the owner of the home of the first encounter, McDaniels. Um, I did not catch a first name for some reason. I believe his first name was Henry from the article. Henry McDaniels, I, I believe. I believe that's correct. Um, so in 1973, in the town of Enfield, Illinois, on April 25th, 1973, the first encounter happened. Henry McDaniel comes home to scared children in a moved window unit, moved window AC unit. Now, these were a fairly newer common uncommon thing at this point uh we're talking 1973 and we're talking a window unit that like an ac unit that fits in your window this particular model that mcdaniel said he had was 67 to 89 pounds that's heavy that's very heavy it's almost 100 pounds that thing's heavy okay and yeah. he stepped outside amused and steps outside, amused but frightened children, to find the monster, slams the door. He slams the door and then retrieves a twenty-two pistol, steps back out to find it closer than before, so he shoots it and claimed it howled like a wild cat and leaped off in three leaps covering 17 foot per hop. Because he said it was 51 feet from where the creature was standing to the, to the wood line. 51 feet. And it covered it in three leaps. 51 divided by 17 would be, or 51 divided by three. If I did that's, that math uh, correct. Yeah, 17. That's some jumping 17. power. That's that's some jumping power. It's got three legs, mind you. See, the three leg thing is really interesting to yeah. me because it almost reminds me. And maybe the producers of this movie got their inspiration from this story is the first way you describe it sounds like a miniature version of the Cloverfield monster. 
Yeah, yeah, it kind of does actually. Um, it's got I, I, even down to the colors. Yeah, I went down to a weird tangent at one point, and it's not in my show notes, but I went down into the the possibility of what something that fits this description with two legs would be. I could find like nothing other than a, a mutilated bear or a kangaroo. Now, a if kangaroo. this is a kangaroo, why did he say it's got three three legs? One, why is there a kangaroo in Illinois in the seventies? Two, why would it have three legs if he if it is in fact a kangaroo? Either that is it is a very very large male, or mm. it's not a kangaroo. And a kangaroo would posture up on its on its tail when it decides to kick you. So I guess right. you can kind of take that. But where would there's no wild kangaroo in North America? So. Yeah, no. Especially not at this time. There was no zoos that claimed one. Blah 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 blah. Okay. So on April twenty fourth, there was a young boy named Greg who claimed to encounter the monster. He claimed he claimed that the monster attacked his shoes only his shoes the night of April twenty fourth at night. He added to the description as green and scaly with red, not pink eyes. This story was later discounted as a fake. Um, and I'm going to discount it as such because when they went to look at this, the, the shoes, they found his shoes. They were clearly torn with a pocket knife, not a creature. Um, and he had been nearby when the police were called the 25th of the 25th uh, when McDaniels had his encounter and he didn't report his encounter that supposedly happened on the 24th until he was an adult. Huh? So I recount that one as kind of fake. Um, yeah, and, and you would think if something is attacking you, it's not just going for your toes. Right. Right. That was a big red flag for police then too. So, on May 7th, McDaniels called into a radio station based out of Kokomo, Indiana, WWKI-FM, to a man named Rick Rainbow. Now, this is where the story gets really, really weird. To a man named Rick Rainbow saying that he saw the monster again that evening near some abandoned railroad tracks near his house and gave the same description as April 25th. On May 8th, Rick Rainbow and his cameraman came to the area of the sighting and claimed to see an ape-like creature walking around an abandoned building strangely enough. Strangely enough, they were not set up to film, but rushed, and though they did not get the being on film, they supposedly got sounds from it on film, and the audio that sounded, quote, like a woman's screaming and a baby's laughter mixed. That's horrific. <laughs> yes, be weird. Out. Sounds like a Fisher cat. It's extremely weird. Sounds like a bobcat almost. Uh, I, I found a recollection of what it's supposed to be close to like, and it sounds like a bobcat in pain. Mm, which is a now, scary, scary yes, thing to hear. It is. Now, the audio has never been released to the public, but a few years after it was taken, Rick Rainbow was approached by a cryptozoologist named Lauren Coleman. 
who bought the audio and remains in his personal collection as far as anyone knows. So no one has seen the audio or footage save for Lauren Coleman, supposedly. McDaniel then went on to to do two in-studio interviews with Rick Rainbow in his studio the same night as the first interview young Greg called the university to claim his story was a hoax because his mother forced him to do so. And claims he just said it to, quote, mess with old man McDaniels and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and to mess with out-of-town newsmen. And get a new pair of shoes. That was May 15th of 1973. So he wasn't an adult when it happened. I apologize for that. I was wrong. So he was a kid. He said he wanted to mess with out-of-town newsman, old man McDaniels, and get a new pair of shoes. That sounds like something a kid would do. Uh, Yeah, it's believable as a kid, but... As an adult, this is where it was. I I jumped ahead of myself. As an adult, the young Greg claimed that his mother forced him to call the university and tell them that it was nothing but a hoax and that he wanted to mess with old man McDaniels, the out-of-town newsman, and get a new pair of shoes. Young Greg denies this claim. He says that his mother forced him to say this, and that was not true. He did, in fact, get attacked, and he has a mark on his ankle. The mark on his ankle was later to be found a hoaxed mark, and they believe it was done with a pocket knife. That's dedication. That's dedication right Cut there. Your leg. Yeah. May 10th was the last not May 10th, 1973 was the last encounter that anyone would have with the infield horror in in Enfield, Illinois. Police responded to gunfire in the forest where they found a group of five men armed to the teeth and drunk as a skunk who all claimed to see the monster and quote, were this cause were this close to blowing it back to Mars end quote. They were all charged with hunting violations and told to leave or be arrested. And this was dismissed as just a group of hicks drinking and partying with guns. Okay. What do you think about this timeline so far? It's, I mean, this town, I believe, has like sub 3,000 people in it. So everybody's pretty close, I would imagine. It's more of a tight knit community. Uh, it's quite far down in the southern area of Illinois, where there's not much, not a lot going on in some of those areas. Uh, from what I can tell already is that one, the kid, I mean, who knows? And maybe this creature had a vendetta for his converse or, you know, was just not digging his shoes and tore him off. Uh, but he could have been just needing a new pair of shoes and maybe his mom was correct. Uh, and it was her thing just saying, you know, like, man, maybe we could swindle these guys in this, this new station to get us a new pair of Nikes. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but the guys going out there, I mean, it takes something, something has to happen to you for you to get into the mindset of grabbing your guns and going out in the woods to hunt something. That's yeah, something we definitely. inherently do no matter where you're from. I'm sure the folks that, you know, hundreds of years ago that were in certain colonies, if something happened, these guys are going out there with, you know, 
lanterns and muskets and trying to find what's uh what's whatever's happening in their community so yeah yeah so far it seems like something happened somebody saw something and they're just trying to investigate it while it could be could be a bunch of drunk dudes too i mean it's it's but the fact that they went out and hunted it and they were super adamant on finding something and then the terminology we're going to blow it back to Mars means that these guys in their right minds believe that this is something otherworldly that they're well the news WWKI had been reporting the story and a few TV stations picked up the story and claimed that old man McDaniels was in fact seeing an alien and they were running the story as the alien in infield now yeah now, in two, the two, according to the 2010 census, the population of Enfield, Illinois, was 596 people. Wow, <laughs> that is That's that is small smaller town. than my town, and we're a one light town, dude. That's, wow, smaller than Radiator Springs. Now, <laughs> yeah, right, Radiator Springs. <laughs> we could tell you've got kids. <laughs> Smaller than Arendelle, but still smaller than Radiator Springs. Yep. Now, I even decided to go as far and be devil's advocate and add a skeptic's point of view. Now, skeptics claim that the creature everyone was seeing was a deer with no horns or a kangaroo. Problem number one. This is something that I, I did look up to confirm just in case, but I figured my knowledge was right as, as a, a woodsman and a hunter. Deer are getting their horns back this time of year and through summer. Mm-hmm. So if it was a deer, it would have horns unless it was a doe in which it looks nothing like what they described. I've never mistaken a deer for an, for an alien. otherworldly creature. Yeah. Correct. I've never seen a deer with gray fur other than mule deer. Now, that is yeah, something that spots, I did not correct prove. as well. I think some darker. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I, I thought that they were deer, more of a gray deer. with darker spots than the opposite of a tan beige deer with white, white spots. Yeah, they have... Um... I'm looking at a picture of one right now, and I'm trying to describe it. It's more of a, a darker mahogany color than mm-hmm. a gray, anyhow. Whereas ours are beige or a reddish, so they're more yes. of a they're they're still distinguishable. Distinguishable. You could look at that and say, "Oh yeah, that's a deer." That's just a deer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Grasslands, meadow, forest edges, desert scrubs, boreal forests, and more areas. So I was trying to see if they're going to have mule deer in Illinois. But the three-leg thing and the 17-foot hops, uh, a deer can move. They can move quickly, and they can jump pretty good. But around 20 feet laterally, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that. 
maybe half that, maybe a third of that, but not, you know. Yeah, I I don't see it. I I just can't see it. Okay, so let's see here. Do, 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 do. Okay, so Illinois would barely have deer, would barely have mule deer, and they're considered desert mule deer. So okay. they're more of a, a brighter red kind of color. So makes sense. Whereas just down the road, there's black tailed deer, but they're a beige color too. So we've already ruled out it's not a deer. So problem number two, old man McDaniels was in the army and he was stationed in the land down under and spent time with kangaroos. So he would know what they look like. I would know what imagine. Yeah. yeah, he'd know what a, a kangaroo looks like. I mean, if you deal with a kangaroo, if you see a kangaroo, you're going to say, hey, that's a kangaroo. <laughs> like that video of that guy that straight right hooks a kangaroo in his backyard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I showed that to my, my, my 13-year-old son. He's like, that's a kangaroo, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's a kangaroo. <laughs> he's like, I've never seen one before, but that's a kangaroo. That's a kangaroo, yeah. Like, he's never seen a kangaroo, even at the zoo, never seen a picture of one. He's like, that's a kangaroo. So they're, they're distinguishable. Very, very, very distinguishable. Now, problem number three. Skeps, skeptics say that old man, old man McDaniels was overcome with fear and or drunk. The police, two separate officers reports, they both found him to be sober and of rational thought and not afraid at all. They said that in their reports in the papers, They put that in their official report that do, homeboy was sober, thinking clearly, and was more than fit to use a firearm. And Not even to mention, if he was drunk. How many times have you been intoxicated where you're like, "I'm gonna think of a crazy alien creature story," you know, and make my I've kids corroborate it? Uh, yeah, I've never ever been in, you know. I don't even have good vision when you're when you're drinking. So I and I've never ever in my time drinking ever have been whether it's be in a woods party or somebody's garage manifested an otherworldly an otherworldly creature. Yeah, never no. hallucinated like that. So no, I mean like I've I've hallucinated one time at a bar, and that's because someone spiked me with LSD. It was a very bad trip. But even then, I still didn't see Little Green Men or or the Infield Horror, or I, did, I didn't see anything like that, even even in that state. So, here's the interesting thing that I wanted to get into: the air conditioner. Why the air conditioner was pulled out from the wall, from the outside of the house, and thrown thirty five feet. That takes some strength. Especially when it's 86 pounds. Yeah. It's I have a, a pitcher. Uh, I have a pitcher. It's not a 2015 air conditioner. This is a 1970s no. air conditioner. Yeah, that thing is pure 100% steel. 
Yeah, I have a picture of this thing. Let me see if I can put it in the, the chat for you. I don't think it's going to let me. So, when all else fails... Yeah, I just exited out of that crap. When all else fails, we have... Son of a monkey. All else fails, we send crap on Messenger. Because that's just how we roll, 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 roll. That is the type of air conditioner unit that McDaniels had. Wow. That thing is 100% steel. Those fake wood panels bring back memories. Right. <laughs> I'm not even that old, and I know that brings back memories, man. <laughs> now, 86 pounds. I have trouble getting that up over my shoulders sometimes. And I'm a, I'm a big guy. So, I mean... That thing was 10 foot off the ground in the window because it was a stilted house. And it was ripped out of the wall, forcibly out of the wall, and then thrown 35 feet or dragged 35 feet. One of the two. Dragged, I can see more plausible, but for the description of the creature, yes. Now, I have another theory for you. Now, this is going to get really, really weird. Have you ever heard of the term a coincidence? <laughs> yes. I think that whatever the children and McDaniel saw was not what attacked the house. Because the children stated in an interview to the police that the entire house shook from the side of the house before the air conditioner was ripped out. What else do you know that's roughly about 10 foot or so that can handle monster strength and yeet things like that? Good old boy Sasquatch. Good old boy Sasquatch, which was a part of this story because Rick Rainbow supposedly saw one. And that's what the video and audio is, was a Bigfoot. Hmm. That doesn't explain the infield horror itself. I, I'm at a stump there. Um, I mean, I, I got no idea there. Unless well, it was like of, a mutated juvenile. Yeah, a lot of folks that do have quote unquote Sasquatch sightings that they've reported and certain cryptid sightings like Mothman uh, have one goes hand in hand with ufo sightings or seeing a sasquatch seeing other types of entities in the area at the time that you're encountering one of said sasquatch yeah so having the dual accounts because my belief is that you know not to go down the the, the rabbit hole of, of sasquatch but my belief of it is is that this is probably some type of transdimensional being and or super elusive but whenever there's sasquatch like i said sasquatch, sasquatch sightings you do have a lot of other paranormal activity that happens around or in the direct vicinity of where those sightings happen right 
Right. Now, one thing that I questioned about this entire story was there was no men in black encounter whatsoever Hmm. that was ever reported. I mean, you think seeing this much of a commotion over something that's out of this world, quite literally, you think there would they would have been involved somehow, some way. Yeah, you would you would think. Was there a UFO sighting I in conjunction so. of this as well? I believe so. Let me find out. Oh, they even have a movie. That's interesting. I didn't know there was any pop culture things about this, other than the misconception of some people think like the Enfield horror has a lot to do with the the Conjuring movies. There's there's talks yeah. of that, but it's a whole different. This is a whole different account. So a lot of people get that mixed up. Um, I do know that Men in Black started in like the early fifties or the alleged men in black uh, sightings started in the early fifties. So I would imagine it goes through the fifties, sixties, seventies up until, up until now there's a very strange uh, video. I think it's out of Seattle or Portland where you see somebody have these folks show up and this person I think goes to draw a gun and then just puts it down and walks out with them. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you would think, but maybe it was so underreported in that area. You know, if it might have happened right outside Chicago, it might have been picked up quicker and had more exposure. But since it was in a town of around 500 people, even if it's a local newspaper, how many people around there are reading that newspaper? Yeah, I I can understand that. Um, let's see. There's nothing saying anything about a UFO account okay. um, that I can find. Uh, Lauren Coleman and Jerome Clark featured the infield horror in an article entitled Swamp Slobs Invade Illinois. Coleman had chronicled discussing the intriguing case with famed paranormal investigator as well as best-selling author of the mothman prophecies john a keel god this guy (sighs) i hate seeing this guy's name pop up this guy pops up everywhere did this dude not work a job like (laughs) john a keel is this guy's just he just took. He just capitalized on all these people's misfortunes and really weird. I, I don't think. I don't think that was the case. I, I think he did good work. Sounds. It looks like. A he did a lot of great things and he advanced a lot of things in the community. But I'm a little torn on him because I have no idea if dude was legit or not. I just yeah. can't figure it out. I mean, I want to say he's fake, but he's done too much good work for the community to say he's full of crap. I don't think he's full of crap. I think some of his, some of his, I think that there's truth there, but some of it's like, you got to be an old cow. 
got to be an old cow with him. You got to eat the hay, leave the sticks. And I can't tell <laughs> I like what that. sticks and what's hay with that dude. There's a lot of people like that. I mean, even now, more recently, you've heard of Corey Good. Mm, uh, no, I haven't. The, he, he allegedly was part of the MyLab programs of being an intuitive empath and remote viewing and spending years and years on Mars and then getting his body regressed back to his former self as a kid. Uh, he allegedly screwed up or somehow and had some deposition where it was recorded and it came out and leaked publicly where he was didn't actually physically have those experiences and he only had thought about those experiences so he's unfortunately the poster child for the secret space program theory and unfortunately now there's a big hole in that uh so the conspiratorial community seems to be jumping down his throat right now it's it's a whole it's a whole thing if you're listening yeah so it's it's interesting it, it it takes eight years of my life and would turn it upside down if this dude was full of crap so yeah i okay. hope that some of these people are not full of crap <laughs> yeah i get that um go, going more in detail in the hunters i found the hunters actual accounts themselves uh, apparently these hunters that I, we talked about were thrill seekers out in the woods with loaded guns and alcohol. Some of these monster hunters fueled the frenzy of monster rumors with a bizarre sighting of their own. Two hunters from Indiana by the names of Mike Mogul. Oh God, that name Mogul and Roger Tappy claimed to have seen what they described as a large 10 foot gray monkey with three legs dashing through the underbrush. Hmm. That's interesting. A hybridized Bigfoot. Yeah. Or here's a, here's an idea because the final major sighting of the infield horror was made by a group of four men searching the area, with one of them being Brick Rainbow, the news director of radio station WWKIA KI in Kokomo, Indiana. Uh, they reported a gray stooped over ape-like creature loping through the woods near an abandoned house not far from McDaniel's property. The mysterious thing was reported to have been moving at a speed far faster than a man could run and had disappeared into the forest with its arm stooped between its legs. Huh. Well, so yeah, that would make that was one thing that I was just thinking. Could it have been hunched over? with one arm if it's stooped over and it's got an arm between its legs like it's injured like its shoulder is injured or something mm. and then it's got one arm hiding it's high hidden or at an angle i could i could see where that could be mistaken if it's crouched down or even laying down and you can't see its legs that would make sense so this could just be a wild bigfoot encounter yeah so now that we've gone through this do you have anything to add from your research or anything from from the articles that i read and some of the things that i listened to uh you you covered a lot of it uh the air conditioner one was is not widely talked about especially if you're gonna focus on doing your research through google uh you're not gonna hear some of those little tidbits which changes the whole story because you're seeing something that what they say four to five feet tall yeah uh, yeah there's another thing that i did read is that a lot of these guys had said that this thing almost had a dog canine features in the face 
Okay. Which change changes a little bit up, a little of the stories up uh, with appearance. But also yeah. one kid said that he got attacked by something with scales. So, you know, yeah. it's heat of the moment, adrenaline, whatever's happening. Uh, if it is a canine looking thing, then I can see the misconception where people would be like, oh, it's a kangaroo or a deer because they're very similar facially. Yeah. And quick, quick glimpses. But the movement and the strength does not compute with a, a deer. Yeah, a deer. Maybe a kangaroo. I'm sure a kangaroo could launch something, especially a big one, a big male, could launch an 80-pound you know, uh, air conditioner pretty far. They're pretty strong and jacked. But no, I think you, you, you hit a lot of it. There was not a lot to find with this. You had to really, really dig and, and comb through some of the, the BS that some some websites had okay a single kick from a male kangaroo can send a full-grown man flying through the air that delivers 759 pounds of force (sighs) okay so maybe it is a kangaroo (laughs) it's possible (laughs) but i mean what 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 would cause a kangaroo to have a third leg just the tail. That's the only thing that I could think of is miscon- mis- misinterpreting it as a third That's fair. Leg. It's the only thing. There's there's nothing else from a kangaroo standpoint other than, you know, the certain features, the colors, the size. Yeah. And the strength. But, yeah. I mean, where is there uh, a kangaroo? In Illinois. In Illinois in the mid-70s, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, another option could be another Bigfoot-esque like being, but it's another humanoid. It could be a Dogman if it's canine features that would have the strength to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the Dogman camp. I'm just saying that people are seeing something. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about Dogman, but I, I, I like, have no. an entire episode about the Gugwe and the Dogman with uh. Ryan Trimblay and Ashers from on Wednesdays. We talk weird and monster radio. That was a messy debate (laughs) (laughs) because Ryan has seen one. Oh, he claims he has seen one himself with his own two eyes, a dog man. Um, he was very accepting of the possibility that I put forth that it's getting more and more common to see Sasquatch-esque beings with wearing clothing and pelts and tools. So it could be that they're wearing, you know, like a dog pelt or a canine pelt on their head, and people are mistaking it for a dog man. Uh, Highly, highly possible because, I mean, just native cultures wore, you know, or that yeah. as well. So it's it yeah. wouldn't be uncommon to see that. I mean, I have a report in my desk right now of a lady in Texas, down in Amarillo, Texas, who her husband and her took care of this this basically this family of of Bigfoot, of Big Feet. Huh. And they like left food for it and stuff like this out on their property. And when her husband died, because he he would be the one to take the food out there every evening and she'd do it in the morning when she got up for work. When her husband died, she wouldn't put the food out at night. 
because it was dark and she was scared of that area. And she did a load of laundry and was going to take her husband's old clothes to the Goodwill in Amarillo. And she hung his favorite flannel shirt out on the clothesline to dry. And when she got up in the morning, she set the food out and realized that the flannel, it's gone. Poof, it's gone. She's thinking, oh, that's sweet. It took it to remember him. And as she's driving down the road, down her driveway to, to the road, she sees it cross the road and stop. And it's wearing the flannel shirt. I could see. I mean, I could see that if, if they're. If they're highly intelligent creatures, they are. They're mimicking they what have, some people do. Yeah. Then they have some type of social structure, some type of even like, I guess you can put it as cultural structure. Into, oh, yeah you know, the way that they express their own emotions. And, you know, if somebody's feeding you uh, after so many, so many years, then you, there, you become attached to that. You know, you're very close and similar in nature, you know, you're bipedal humanoid looking, uh, looking yeah. entity. And if they, you know, not, maybe not if, but if, you know, where they do exist, I think it's a big point of suppression and makes you kind of a kook when you're like, Oh, I talk about Bigfoot and you're like, Oh, well you're, you're nuts. Yeah. And I think that's, it's hidden. And I think there, there entirely is probably a, if not one type of multiple types of upright, very, very intelligent, very close to us hominid beings on this planet, whether they're fully physical or, you know, whatever you believe, hyperdimensional, you know? Yeah. Uh, I really, just the area of this story really makes me it's think weird. after a while thinking about this is either and I'm I I'm no expert. Uh, I'm just speculating. This is either a Sasquatch sighting or a some type of Mothman creature. There is another creature that does resemble this slightly. Um, and before I mention it, I do want to say too. The other thing that I did read, I just saw, I just popped up, uh, just scrolling through it, that this thing had six hands or six fingers, six appendages on its hand. That was another. I don't remember which which one of these guys had the account I, for it and said that. I did not find that in any of my accounts. Huh. Believe it or not, it was. So this could have been just this could have just been fluff, you know, of, of stuff that I read. But this is very reminiscent of the Dover Demon in Massachusetts. Yeah, um, I'm looking at it right now, too. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah. The way it moved, I, the color of the eyes, the height, the way it's described, hunched over. Um, and that also took place in the early seven, early mid-70s as well. I believe it was 1975 or something like that. 1977. I mean, that's plenty of ample time for it to to leave Illinois and get to Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or or these are just regional creatures. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. The um, world of cryptids is is crazy now that we have the technology to to film things, especially with ring cameras yes. now, you know, dash cams and and that type of stuff. Lost Tapes did an episode about the Dover Demon. I forgot about that. 
I loved that TV show. Lost Tapes. It was so cool. Oh, yeah. Was that a like a TLC or History Channel? Uh, No, I actually, think. it was a Netflix special, I think. Maybe. I don't know. Netflix. I need to look that one up. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, let me look that one up because the, I loved that show as a kid. Like, it was disturbing, but it was really cool. Are any of these folks still alive? Like, that have these encounters? Like, are they somebody that you could I, possibly contact? I believe so. I believe so, but I'm not 100% that would be, sure. Be an interesting person to talk to. Oh, that'd be. I think McDaniels is dead. Okay, so Lost Tapes. Now, we're going to talk about this. Lost Tapes is an American television series that aired on Animal Planet. Produced by Go Go Lucky Entertainment. Uh, it's a fictional found footage depicting traumatic encounters with creatures, cryptozoological, supernatural, mythical, and extraterrestrial. Including Bigfoot, Chupacabra, vampires, werewolves, reptilians, uh, the Chupacabra, and even the Dover Demon. And zombies and the Kraken. Hmm, interesting. There were three seasons. Huh. I'll have to check that out. Rewatch. Yeah, it was really cool. They did one with familiar. the Yeti. But yeah, there's uh there's apparently they did a Dover Demon episode. Interesting. Very cool stuff. Yeah, definitely. I I I I still say that I'm a little more after this discussion and this talk, I'm a little more on the camp of maybe a three to four on believability. Mm. So improvement. <laughs> what about That's you? Great. Where are you standing? I think I'm still in the five range. You know, I think this could be misinterpreted. We or just it could don't be know. Entirely real. Yeah, it's it's one of those stories because. There's not many witnesses, but some of the some of the accounts are not so credible. Some of the accounts are credible, and a lot of the information is fragmented all over the internet. Right, right. Um, there's a really good, uh, really good episode on YouTube of I believe Bedtime Stories that talked about the infield horror. That was really really good. I'll have to check that out. I'm definitely intrigued by it. I'm sure that there's well more research to be had to be looking into this topic. Definitely, man. Definitely. I definitely agree that it's unique and that we'll probably never get an answer to this one. Uh, just because of how unique it is. Mm -hmm. I find it really weird that the infield horror story goes from alien, alien, alien. Oh, this one's a hoax. Sorry, we let's back up. Now, see this guy, Rick Rainbow? Yeah, he's investigating an alien. But guess what? He sees a Bigfoot instead. <laughs> it's just like, what? Yeah. Like, the, if this was a, a movie... If this entire entire thing was a movie, how it, I've laid it out, it would be like a kindergartner high on acid wrote this. 
<laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody in the conspiracy encrypted realm is like, well, they go hand in hand. Their fists are in the air, pitchforks. But uh, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I, I have too many Bigfoot encounters that have nothing to do with, you know, possibilities of UFOs and all that. I have so many that are just straight Bigfoot encounters. Yeah. So, I mean, they don't always go hand in hand. I think the ones that do go hand in hand are just pushed to the forefront more often. It's more interesting. It is more interesting to read, you know. Ooh, the and double I mean, whammy. I personally am in the camp of that whole alien thing is a question mark to me. I don't have an answer. I don't have a defense, and I don't have an offense on it. My my thing is, I've personally seen no evidence, and some of it sounds really, really cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Um, that's like anybody yeah. who claims to have a time travel story. I, I don't discredit them. I'll listen to them, but it's like, eh, that sounds a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, my man. Like it's interesting many, stuff. How many pairs of grippy socks do you have at home? <laughs> <laughs> the alien, I, the alien stuff I've, I used to be like definitive about, I used to be like, no, this exists. But after years and years and years of watching uh, agent aliens, no, <laughs> not, not, not only, not only that, some of the guys that are on there, we talked to some of the guys that are on there, and they're 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 oh credible folks. It's just obviously that obviously there's a paycheck to be had when you're talking about some yes. of these subjects. Yes. Um, but I, I really think that it's changed, especially with the disclosure aspect in the recent couple of years. It's there's been a shift in my thought process where uh, is this real, like an actual flesh blood real thing, or are we? talking about something that's also fabricated is this just a psyop is this just something else that could be keeping us you know occupied in, in that thought process while hey you look over here while well, we do this over here and yeah it's that's, but I, i'm not saying I, it's not real i'm not saying it is but i have my 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 scale has moved over towards the middle ground the gray area more than the black or white yeah, I, I'm not a big conspiracy person. I don't really get into big conspiracies and stuff like that. I've got a handful that like have either been proven true, like MK Ultra and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I was reading about that before it was, you know, announced to the public. I was reading about some of that stuff as a kid, and I'm like, I definitely know for a fact this has got to be. This sounds like some crap our government would do. This is real. Yeah. And then lo and behold, you know, boom, here's the confirmation. It's like, haha, I knew it. And then there's some that, like Bohemian Grove, I am 100% that's going on. 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. Something's going on there. That is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, man. A weird Boys Club going on over there, man. That's a, yeah. I, I heard some people. I don't know how true it is. I can't confirm it. But I heard somebody talking about the Bohemian Grove. And they're like, oh, yeah, I got an invitation once, but I refused to go because one of my cousins was a member. And they said that if you're not, you know, uber famous like everybody else, then you have no chance of getting in. And if you are uber famous, they're going to try to get you drunk and like make you ha perform homosexual acts because they're all like Republicans, basically. So they can film it and blackmail you into going with their interests, not against. Like the that is some story. Yeah, yeah that is like what? 
Yeah, that first is... we we did research two about two years ago now on on Bohemian Grove, and uh, it, it was very reminiscent with like Skull and Bones and that similar. You See, know, I know nothing about Skull and Bones. I keep hearing that name pop up, but I know nothing. I haven't dug into that because I'm not a big conspiracy guy. It's that one's fascinating, and us, uh, my guys, and myself being from Connecticut. Uh, it's a very interesting one because it's in New Haven at Yale University. It's supposed to be the the inception of that. So it's um, very culty, very occult, ritualistic, interesting, sex, magic, drugs. Right Alistair Crowley, it, it, ten pin yeah. kind of stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, but goes goes back farther with even just the. We were just on an episode recently with uh, a guy named Mark. And his show is uh, My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. And we just did a an episode of, a little bit talking about Skull and Bones. And he had some really fascinating research on it that okay. I'm sure he has his own episodes on it. Because the slides that he was showing us was definitely something that he had previously made. Yeah, and it was, it was very well put together. So I learned a lot from that conversation. Interesting. So, yeah, conspiracies are well, fun. Yeah, I, I kind of want to I want to get my toe in the water with some conspiracies, but I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of, uh, you know, there's secret government bunkers under my house and they're watching me so that so that they can tell when the right time the aliens to probe me is. I mean, I'm not getting that far down the <laughs> hole. I mean, Sometimes I'm talking it's unintentional. Oh, God. Sometimes you just you just fall down that hole like one big conspiracy that I've never bought into because I have eyes and can read classic literature for my own self is Atlantis. I've never believed in Atlantis being this mystical underwater city with flying cars and, you know, this civilization that was blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. Um, Atlantis is well past gone and. It's not the proper name for the city. We don't know the proper name for the city. It's been lost to time, that kind of thing. But we're talking 900 years before Plato, the dude who wrote about it. And that was the Bronze Age collapse. Yeah. Yeah. Atlantis Atlantis is a rabbit hole, uh, especially with a lot of these folks that are very credible people that are taking alternative alternative history and really flipping it on its head and asking a ton of questions. Uh, yeah. Atlantis, we've done an episode on Atlantis. Atlantis in a nutshell for me is that it's probably describing a pre-flood culture, but not a singular city. I think that there right. could have been descriptions of that singular city because obviously Plato got the story from one of his descendants who went to Egypt, Solon, and, and you know, picked yeah. up this story and you know there's a lot of evidence with certain folks you know that talk about like the geo the geo geologic scale of certain times and obviously I, the geologic evidence of floods major floods that globally happened i believe uh, but i think it i think atlantis was a i think it probably if it was here it probably was describing the north american continent I, I think actually a little bit differently in my personal opinion. I think that Atlantis used to exist, absolutely, but it was the original city of the Sea People or the Phoenicians. 
because the Phoenicians, after the Bronze Age collapse, kind of disappeared for a while and then popped back up. Yeah. It's like, boom, hey, guess what? We're the Phoenicians. I think it was the Phoenicians before they became the Phoenicians. Could have been. Yeah, that's like I said, that, oh, that one's a... That one you have to have a lot of knowledge in world history, cultural history, uh, folklore. Genealogical uh, even, records. Uh, and, you got to have and, geographical. Yeah, cart- you, have to be, you have to be good with maps. You have to be good at you know, reading certain things. So it's that's a multi-dimensional topic that that we'll that probably is a never get that is a yeah. bear of a topic i love it it's fun absolutely <laughs> absolutely i mean my my fun topic like atlantis is for you is the missing 411 mm-hmm. that's my personal rabbit hole because i think that the missing 411 falls into four separate categories you have feral people unknown the fae and sasquatch i think those are the four causes you don't think people are just getting snapped up by the u.s military black projects <laughs> i mean that wouldn't surprise me i mean that wouldn't surprise me either but um i i, I think that the, the the biggest leading causes that unknown is I'm open to suggestions there, basically. So that Mm -hmm. could mean I could be convinced of the government or they could be some completely new entity that we only have folklore of, or it could be some kind of region locked entity or I, I think I'm leaning more toward the Bigfoot thing simply for the fact that I have a map of David Politis's work clusters of people that have gone missing and then above that, I have a top, topographical map that shows the caves that are interconnected between underneath North America. And they are dead ringers for entrances and openings to that cave system of where most people go missing. I'll send you the map. Yeah, that's that's really fascinating. Because it is, dude, it's wild. And here you've got people me just trying to ruin caves? the surprise. I mean, I I kind of think that, you know, they're kind of going missing in these caves or they're um, yeah. being taken into them. Because, I mean, that, that was the whole Gugwe thing. Gugwe are extremely brutal, mean, flesh-eating monsters of Bigfoot, basically. Um. Yeah, they're they're nasty, they're evil, they're cruel, and they have a taste for human flesh. <laughs> but um, we're we're at an hour and thirty five minutes here, so let's uh, let's start the wrap up process. Um, yeah, for sure, man. Dave, tell everybody where you can where your link and your show and wherever you can be found. Uh we are pretty easy. We are the the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour podcast, and. If you listen to podcasts, you can hear us on literally anything, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, etc. Whatever you listen to, uh, we are barely on YouTube. You might be able to find some interesting stuff that we post there, but we are almost striking out at the ball game on that platform. Uh, you can also listen to us and watch us on Rockfin. And that's rockfin.com slash hush hush society. We also have social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
TikTok, we call it Hush Talk. And <laughs> if you don't want to individually find all those things, you can search us one stop shop, hushhushsociety.com. And that's got literally everything you can imagine for our our show. I, I want to find your TikTok now, though. I really want to find that. Because I did not know yeah, that is managed by Mike. And it's, yeah, it's he's got some pretty good stuff on there. Some interesting stuff. TikTok is a very interesting platform to, to use. Oh, definitely. Um, users. Hush, hush. What's it under? Uh, is it hush, hush society? Yeah, I think no spaces. Hush, hush society. Oh, 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 I might have found it. Hush Hush Society. Conspiracy talk for the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Follow. Yep. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we have we do not have a TikTok. We're not fancy like the Declassified Hour here. Um, we have a Twitter, a Facebook, and an email. Uh, the Twitter is at Vail Burning. Uh, the... Facebook is the Burning Veil Podcast. Um, our email is the Burning Veil Podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear back from anybody, everybody. We would love to hear anything. <laughs> Look at me. I sound like I'm, I'm whoring myself out here. But uh, yeah, we follow us. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I believe it's Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and we. I post on Facebook constantly. Uh, well, Twitter constantly, sorry. Facebook's kind of a rough one for me sometimes um, because I can't download two Facebook apps to my phone. <laughs> so uh, That's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard to bounce between personal Facebook and then that Facebook. Yeah, it's hard to bounce between the two sometimes. Um, so this has been another episode of the Burning Veil Podcast. Do you have anything else to say, Dave? Uh, no, just thanks for having me. It was a good talk. I really enjoyed it. It's a cool subject. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, I hope we you. do this a lot more. <laughs> I would like to be get, a lot of fun. I'd like to get everybody else involved, too. I would love to have the the other guys on there a hoot to to work. Oh with, yeah, so. I've 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 heard <laughs> Slick Frock Sanders a couple times. I've heard him talk a couple times uh, on One Candle Society. So uh, <laughs> that dude is my a boy, riot. My boy Frock. Oh yeah, yeah, that boy yeah, is a riot, man. Uh, they're both I'll have to. Folk. Oh yeah, I'll have to make sure I may I write a few Loveland frog jokes, frogman jokes, just for him. <laughs> <laughs> because every time I hear Slick Frog Sanders, I think of the Loveland, the Loveland Frog Man. <laughs> and I it's, don't know why. We we picked his name because he was supposed to be originally the show was supposed to be Mike and I featuring Frog. His you know it's Frank, uh, but Slick Frog Sanders was a name that he picked. I forgot where he got it from. And he was supposed to be kind of the guy off to the side who just made like slapstick comments. And uh, it just 
within the first episode we were like well that's not gonna happen he's he's the third guy yeah, um, yeah. and uh it was very uh, quickly that, that that changed if that position is available i am good at slapstick comedy sir <laughs> we are we are we're low-key thinking and entertaining the search of having somebody help with visuals because that's something that's been very difficult starting video is yeah i, I am not your boy there i, I am not the <laughs> man for that i will tell you that now i am not that guy <laughs> i am an audio only kind of man clearly audio is great too I mean, we, we get most of our, most of our listenership is through audio still. Yeah. I, I, I haven't moved to a, a video platform simply for the fact of, you know, excuse me, I did have a Templar show up to my door without video. So I don't want to press my luck. No, you don't need anybody with a giant sword showing up to your house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I definitely recommend you go listen to, uh, you personally, Dave, go listen to my, uh, my first episode, uh, it's labeled The Wretch. Uh, okay. It's where I talked about my experience that I told you about tonight. Uh, I talked about it in great detail there. Uh, and then I can't, I think it was uh, an episode with Candace, my last episode with Miss Candace, when I talked about the Templar thing. So very cool. I will check those out. Yeah, I definitely recommend checking that. I mean, I, I'd like you to go back and listen to all of our episodes, but that's just me. <laughs> I feel the I feel the same for anybody that listens to ours. Yeah, I I hate like I know every podcast episode is different, but I hate like coming in and being like, okay, I'm not caught up on this podcast. I need to be caught up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's a uh, it's daunting for some to get in to get into a show that they listen to, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh my god, they have a backlog of 170 episodes or something. So. <laughs> It, yeah, me personally, I'll take a weekend and like I'll listen to podcasts while I'm playing video games and stuff. So that's yeah. that's kind of my weekend or while I'm doing research or something. Yeah. yeah but the downside to that is, you know, I'm in the middle of, you know, researching the missing 411 topic or and then all of a sudden these guys are talking about black hole theory. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. Let me look <laughs> this up. This doesn't make sense to me. It's like, ah, OK, now I'm down another rabbit hole. Crap. <laughs> that will happen. That will happen. It, it happens a lot with me too. So, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. We've been running our mouths for far too long. People like listening so, to people running their mouths. So I, I guess so. I mean, whatever gets the views, I'll run my mouth about nothing all you want. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 